sorry, I'll just raise it up. Hello, hello. No higher calling, no greater runner. I think it's okay. It's okay. It's okay.
to start bang in time so that those who come late will realize that we're not going to wait. We're not going to wait. Um, yeah. So welcome to this morning worship. It's really a great thing to have us all here today. You have braved the wind, the rain, and everything to be here today. So well done, all of you. It was so gusty. If uh, one didn't really maintain one's balance, you will fall over. <laughs> so you did very well to be here today. Um, today is also communion service. As you can see, the table is set. And as always, we welcome as many of us as are here today. Even if you are new here, if you are a child of God, you are not new in God's presence. This is God's house. And so you're invited to share in this holy meal today. Um, so this morning, we, in our service sheet, you see Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And another verse of this psalm says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you say that to yourself? Let's say it together. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, you are special. And so this morning, I want us to come with that sense of being special in God's presence. Now, a few individuals have asked to give notices. So if I call on Matt and um, uh, Andy, uh, please come forward so you can give your notices quickly. We have a couple of birthdays. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Have you got your diaries ready? Yeah. Because I've got something coming that you'll want to know about. It's going, to be, it's going to be really good. It's going to be big and it's going to be here on the 4th of July. Independence Day, but that's kind of a coincidence. On the 4th of July... Here, we're going to have a worship concert, which is going to be designed as an outreach opportunity. So we can get people along, we can come ourselves and say, hey, would you like to come with me? Because I've got this concert that's going on. And the idea is hopefully we'll get lots of different musicians and bands that will be playing on that day. So it should be, in, should be entertaining, but it should also be available and accessible for people who are, who are not here today. So it would be brilliant if um, you can come to the 4th of July, put it in your diary, before that, there's a planning meeting for it. And I've mentioned this to some people, but those who haven't heard from me yet, if you want to come to the planning meeting, you can. And it's on the 23rd of February, after church. So that's in a couple of weeks' time. So if you want to come to the planning meeting, it would be helpful if, if team leaders are there, 
because then they can communicate to their team what might be happening on the day. But that's the 23rd of February, after church, for the planning meeting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Morning, everyone. Um, it's about the Lent groups that uh, Churches Together are running uh, this Lent. It's six weeks, and we, today really is the last, ta- last opportunity to sign up. There are uh, the sign-up sheets on the side here. There are nine groups, morning, evening, <coughs> or afternoon, so there's an opportunity for ed- everyone to actually sign up. We're doing uh, a course run by Anne Calver, and we'll be looking at the characteristics of Christ. It's going to be a really good time to meet with other Christians in our locality. So do please sign up. Today is the last day. Thanks. Thank you very much. Okay, we have some birthdays, a couple today. Um, We have Les. Les is celebrating his birthday. And we have Harry. Harry Coppin. Where is Harry? See ya? No? no? <laughs> you are not Harry. The last time I checked, you are not Harry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's out somewhere. Right. Um, is it within call? Or shall we just go on and sing happy birthday? All right, okay. Um, Should you lead us? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear lad. Happy birthday to you. And so, Lord, we pray for Les and for Harry and for anyone else who may be celebrating something this week. We pray that, Lord, you will bless them abundantly. May this new year of their life that you have added to them be a new year of your blessing, a new year, Lord, of your visitation. We pray that, Father, something new will indeed happen for them. There will be a blessing that, Lord God, they will see your hand in their life more and more. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, Harry has just come back in. Harry, we sang happy birthday for you while you were out there. <laughs> okay, so those are the birthdays, and we thank God for this morning. We invite the worship team to lead us in a set of worship and praise to God. Morning, everybody. Morning. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's not wait for the ring to uh, raise the roof of our church today. Let's raise it ourselves and uh, let's bring our praises to God this morning and uh, just celebrate just being alive on this beautiful day. Worship God, that's what we're made for. So uh, please stand if you're able. 
stronger. Our God is the healer. Our God is not like any other God. Yes, it is God who is seeking our good. He said, the thought I have for you is for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. To give you an expected end. Can we just raise our voice and give praise to God this morning? Our God is awesome. It's mighty God. Yes, he is, he is, he is. Just praise him this morning. You are, amen, you are in this house. Mm, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We praise you this morning, Lord. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Mm. Mm, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord.
we pour out our praise to you this morning you first poured out your life for us your blood was shed on the cross of Calvary for us your breath was taken away the just for the unjust Lord you bore upon you our sins Scripture says, by your stripes we are healed today. Lord, you are no longer hung on the cross. You died, you rose again. You ascended by power and great glory. And you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And there you make intercession on our behalf. And so, Lord, we come 
by that intercession, we come to our high priest, Jesus, the one who suffered like us, bore our human flesh, like us, was frustrated. And yet, Lord, in all these things, you did not withhold. You gave yourself. And so as we come to you, Lord, we pray, Father, you receive us to yourself. May what we do here, Lord Almighty, be communion in the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. We know you are here. We feel your presence. We know, Lord, you're guiding, you're leading. We know you're touching and empowering. We know you're guiding by your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, come. Reveal yourself in the breaking of bread. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let the people of God say, Amen. Please be seated. And if Peter, you could switch over to the front computer so we can follow the um, responses. So, welcome to the Lord's table. God our Father is here. Jesus our Lord is here. And so let's hear once again the narrative of the institution of the Lord's Supper. The Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed unto you. The Lord Jesus in the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink of this cup, we do proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. So let us now, in a moment of silent reflection, self-examination and confession, come to God. Scripture says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And that self-delusion is what can rob us of God's blessing. That self-delusion is what makes us think we are more than we actually are. Jesus said, if any of you want to be the leader, the greatest among you, learn to be the servant. And so let's come with that spirit of servanthood this morning and of humility to confess to God whatever it is the Spirit of God points out to you. Say to him, you are sorry. Maybe a word you spoke. Maybe even a thought. 
maybe an action, something you did, or maybe failed to do, confess it to God this morning and receive the Lord's forgiveness. Lord, we do not presume to come to this your table, Lord, trusting in our own righteousness. But we come, Lord, by the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. That he spoke and said it is finished. He took away our sins. And he says to us, your sins are forgiven. And so, Lord, we receive that free gift of salvation. We receive, O Lord Almighty, that word of comfort and of blessing. We stand on the word that says, I do not condemn you, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We stand on the word that says, if anyone is in Christ, He or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. And it says there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. No condemnation to you. And so Lord, we give thanks to you. And if you look up to the screen, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And so, Lord, we give thanks to you, Almighty God, who has loved us and given us this holy meal that in sharing in it Lord we share in the blessing of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who did not only cleanse us from our sins by his precious blood but has given us that honor of becoming children of the most high God He has taken us away from the bondage of sin and lifted us to sit with you above all principalities and powers. He's taken away the condemnation and the guilt of sin and given us the boldness of the children of God that we can stand justified not by our own righteousness but by the finished work on the cross of Calvary. And so, Lord, we give praise and honor to you. And so, Lord, with all your people on earth and in heaven, we sing the triumphant hymn of your glory, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
And so let us together proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And that's our hope. Christ in us. The hope of glory. And so by the Lord's own command, so we do today, we break this bread. Jesus says, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the cup of the new covenant, the blood of Christ. Drink all of it, remembering that Christ loves you. Even now, he loves you. Even now, he says to you, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so let's approach the throne of grace. Let's approach this table of the Lord to share together what God has given us free of charge. Freely you have received. Freely let us give. And so may I invite all those who are helping to share God's grace. Please come up here and join me. Is your breath in our lungs? So we pour out a praise. Pour out a praise. Is your breath in our lungs? So we pour out a praise. Pour out a praise. Is your breath in our lungs? So we pour out our praise to you only. Now, in case you just want a blessing, please come forward when others go to take the bread and wine and come and receive a blessing in the front here. Maybe our children, bring them forward. But as I said at the beginning, this invitation is to everyone. All God's people. And remember, when you get the bread, for those who are new, we collect the bread and the wine, we hold it until everyone has received, and we share together at the same time. body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given to you. Keep you to everlasting life. Amen.
we proclaim you are King. Standing here in the midst of us, we raise you all with our praise. God bless you. And as we worship, build a throne. And as we worship, build a throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place and as we worship build your throne and as we worship build your throne and as we worship build your throne Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. And as we worship, build your throne. Come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. The body of Christ, broken for us, keep us to everlasting life. Amen. The cup of the new covenant in the blood of Christ bring restoration, renewal, comfort, and strength and healing to you today. Amen. And so the peace of the Lord be with you.
Can we share with one another God's peace? Peace of the Lord be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Do they have that? Do they have that? The, the PowerPoint? The words? Or the one? Peace be with you. Peace be with you, Amen. Bless you. Bless you, bless you. Peace be with you, Amen. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Thank you. Son. This way you, amen. This way you. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Yes, um, let's just pray for our children, and as they go to their classes, Nena will be leading us in this song. Okay?
Let's pray. Father, thank you for our children. We pray your blessing upon them, Lord. Release, O oh God, your presence to continue with them as they learn from you. We pray for their teachers. May they have a fantastic time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, children, see you very soon. This song is called Down at Your Feet or No Higher Calling. You know, in the affairs of men, if you want to go higher, you really have to go higher to be higher. If you work in Buckingham Palace or in Parliament and you're a cleaner, you are still a cleaner. You don't become like the Prime Minister or the Queen just because you work in that place, because you clean for them. But in God's kingdom, it's the other way around. In God's kingdom, the most high place is at the feet of the Lord. The most high place is in service. This is a song that brings me to tears because it reminds me that I don't have to be great to be accepted. The Lord said we are accepted in the beloved, not because we are people of any high standing or because we are perfect by any means or because we are so great in any way. It's just because we are his children. And it's not in our, I think that the Lord, the Lord loves at our strivings for high position and high places in his service because that's all meaningless to him. It's in that place of total surrender, total service, just saying, Lord, here I am. It's when we come to his feet in total surrender, when we give up ourselves, give ourselves away to be his people. It's at his feet that the greater calling is found. It's at the lowest place that the greater calling is found. So I just want us to, I pray that the Lord opens our eyes because if we go through the, 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 the times in the Bible when great things happened, when Solomon was made wise, was at the point of sacrifice, of giving, of showing himself before the Lord, not at the places when he felt that he was a wonderful king. So I pray that the Lord opens our eyes to see that the greatest things happen when we give up ourselves and just totally give ourselves to God. Down at your feet, O oh Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord, I seek your face. I seek your face. Down at your feet, O oh Lord, is the most your presence, Lord, I seek your face, I seek your face, there is no
because it's not anything that we've done it's just about his mercy Thank you. Right, please be seated as we listen to the reading of our Bible lessons for today.
Some time later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden, since it is close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard, or, if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it is worth. But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab went home, sullen and angry, because Naboth the Jezreelite had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. He lay on his bed sulking and refused to eat. His wife, Jezebel, came in and asked him, Why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered her, Because I said to Naboth the Jezreelite, Sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife, said, Is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city with him. In those letters she wrote, Proclaim a day of fasting and seat Naboth in the prominent place among the people. But seat two scoundrels opposite him and have them testify that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city did as Jezebel directed in the letters she had written to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth in the prominent place among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people, saying, Naboth has cursed both God and king. So they took him outside and stoned him to death. Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth and the Jezreelite that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. reading comes from uh, the book of Romans, or letter to the Romans, chapter 7, verses 14 to 25. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it but it is sin living in me that does it. So, I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am! 
Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Amen. Amen. I'd like to continue the reading with um, Revelation chapter 2. And I'll read from verse 18 to the end, Revelation chapter 2. To the angel of the church in Theatira, write... These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate the, that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teachings, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches the hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. I'll actually stop here. Let us pray. Loving God, we give thanks and praise to you. We pray that, Lord, that you will speak to us as we turn to you as we turn to your word. Come, Lord Jesus, and open our hearts and our minds that we hear you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, a preacher was, um, if you don't mind, Peter, switching over here, a preacher came to preach. He was invited somewhere. And when he came, he was looking very rattled. And they were wondering, what's wrong with you? Are you all right? Ah. He said, I was um, waylaid by a group of um, thieves on the way to the church. And they took my briefcase. They said, oh, no. I pity your grief. He said, well, my sermon was in it. He said, well, I pity the thief. <laughs> because this was a fairy preacher. And they were just imagining, well, it's not really just about his briefcase and the content. But the thief was going to hear a sermon he never really bargained for. 
Well, I didn't forget my sermon. <laughs> it wasn't stolen. But this morning, I want us actually to look at a theme that recently I began to think about. You know, because we, we see ourselves sometimes in the position of the Apostle Paul. That we want to do what is right and we see ourselves the wrong things coming through. And Paul was so frustrated, he was crying out towards the end, who would deliver me from this body of sin? He said, I want to do the right thing, but the wrong thing is coming through. As I said earlier in the day, I want to say, God bless you. But what comes out is God blast you. And I want to hold back. No, I want to say God bless you. But God is saying to us this morning, we need to become aware of what happens in us and around us. Because honestly, you begin to see that in yourself, something happens and you go back. And you begin to ask yourself, why did I do that? Something is happening. And so I began to think of that idea of a puppet master. Someone who is there. You know, like you go to some of these shows and you see that person, you know, doing... You don't see the puppet master, do you? You only see the puppets being, being, you know, um, made to do what the puppet master wants them to do. If he wants them to lift their leg, you only... Throw up a finger and lift your leg, lift your hand, whatever it was. Walk and walk. <laughs> Come back and go back. Whatever he's doing, they are doing. Because he is in control. They have no will of their own because the puppet master has taken away what would have been their will. And so this morning we, we see the reason is that a lot of times us Christians, we are succumbing to some of the subversive worldly influences around us. We are allowing ourselves to begin to mirror the world instead of the world wanting to be like us. We are allowing our emotions to be increasingly messed up. Someone deliberately comes to, you know, prod us. And then we are reacting. Instead of being in control, someone else is controlling your peace as a Christian. Things around you are determining how you should live your life. That shouldn't be. And that's why we're thinking about this concept of what is it that is really in control to help us to identify some toxic attitudes around us, controlling behaviors, people throwing tantrum and making us do what they want us to do. Not because that's the right thing for us to do, but we're doing it because the person is making us to behave that way. And then we begin to lose direction of what God wants us to do. Or maybe you were called to do something for God. And then somebody is making you to lose your calling. That is part of that puppet master action that is making us not to do exactly. You see that? Okay? Lifts, they lift, <laughs> go this way, they go that way. But let's look at this couple of scriptures. In First Timothy chapter 4, 
We see them from verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will do what? Abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Many years back, I read a book written by a televangelist of those days, and the title was, I Was Wrong. And he wrote that book because he actually was taking advantage of people. And finally, the law caught up with him because he was using the ministry money for himself. And at the end, he actually went to jail for it. And he wrote that book. When he came back to his senses, I was wrong. And he began to outline some of the things he did wrong, the teachings. Because a lot of times when you turn on the television, you can hear some things that are not really sound teaching. And then Romans chapter 6 tells us, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, as Paul was saying, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. You know, so it depends on who is pulling the string. Because in the end, the question is, who is pulling your string? Who is making you do what you're doing? Who is making me respond the way I'm responding? Am I responding by the leading of the Holy Spirit? Or am I responding by the dictates of someone else? And that's what reminds us of our reading today. We read First Kings chapter 21, where... One person was a king, but someone else was behind the throne, Jezebel. Ahab was a king. And on this occasion, Ahab wanted a plot of land. But it didn't belong to him. It belonged to Naboth. He went to Naboth and said, please give me your land. I'm actually ready to pay for it. Naboth said, no. He said, look, I can give you a replacement in a choice place. Neighbor said, no, this is an inheritance and I have to pass it on. I can't give it to you. Neighbor stood his ground. It didn't matter was a king. He knew what was his. Now think about it. You have this wonderful property. You're proud of your home here. But someone comes and says to you, I want to give you a place in Knightsbridge. <laughs> Can you imagine how much a bungalow there costs? You can't compare it to a house in Swanley. It's about ten times. But you say to the person, sorry, I love Swanley. I don't want to go to Knightsbridge. <laughs> That's what neighbor was saying to him. Look, I don't mind what's happening in London. I love this place. I want to be here. And so what happened? Ahab went sulking like a spoiled child and went home and refused to eat. He went into his bed and covered himself with his duvet. 
And the wife came back. The food was still on the table. He said, what's happened? He hasn't eaten. Is he back? He said, yes, he's in his room. He went in there. Ahab, what's wrong with you? He said, his neighbor, he refused to give me his land. He said, what? Neighbor, he refused to give you. Are you not the king? Can you hear yourself? You are the king. You can get whatever you want. Okay, come on, go and have your food now. I'll get you the land by tomorrow morning. And Jezebel went and plotted and got people ready to accuse Naboth. And Naboth was killed. And his land was taken and given over to Ahab. Wow. Remember who Jezebel is. Jezebel came from a foreign land and brought her gods. She made Israel leave Jehovah God and began to worship this strange God called Baal. And then God sent Elijah to say to them, look, you're doing the wrong thing. You've left God. But because it was Jezebel behind the throne, she made sure that there were priests all over the place who were following the ways of Baal. And of course, you know what happened? And uh, Elijah confronted them and they had that encounter and God showed up powerfully. And then all the Baal prophets were exterminated. Ooh. And Jezebel said, Elijah, you did this? Oh, you're going to see me. <laughs> Elijah ran. All the while, he's been encountering Ahab. He didn't run. But when Jezebel said, I'm going to show you tomorrow, he knew what Jezebel could do. That was the puppet mistress. He knew that she could do whatever she said she would do. Elijah ran for his life. Anyway, what was it we're talking about? We read also in Revelation, the scripture telling us of another Jezebel. Now, it could be the spirit of Jezebel, not particularly in a person. But whatever it is, this person, this ideology came into the church in Theatera and was making the people go into the same idolatry, going into using subversion to destroy this church from inside. And God said, no, I am going to make sure that this spirit of Jezebel is destroyed. And God told the church in Theatera, I know you're good, but you've allowed this to happen. Which is to say, a Christian could be well-intentioned, but if we're not careful, we allow the spirit of Jezebel to come in. If we're not careful, we allow a different spirit to be controlling us. A Christian should have the spirit of God in them. But you know you can allow yourself to be influenced by demon spirits. Not because they inhabit you, but because they bring in ideas. And that's why Paul said, I want to do what is right. But I see myself doing the wrong thing because there's another power that is controlling me. God, deliver me. He was crying out. But that's sincerity. Because sometimes Christians, God opens our eyes to what is wrong. We cannot humble ourselves to come to God to say, God, I was wrong. Because why? We think if we do, 
who will look stupid. But God is saying to us, be careful of that Jezebel spirit. And let's see a bit more about this. That puppet master pulls the string, isn't it? Controls the action. Directs the subject, however they want. That's what the Jezebel spirit does. Okay? Subverts the wheel. Because these puppets have no wheel of their own. Something else is making them do what they don't want to do. Even if they don't want to do, they will do it because they are under the control of the puppet master. Christians need to be careful because some things can play on our emotions and we see ourselves doing the wrong thing. Even though we know it's wrong, but we find it difficult to draw back because we have given everything and we find it difficult. The puppet master denies us freedom. But the scripture says, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Whoever the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. And in Galatians, it said, don't give yourself back again to slavery. You are free by the grace of God. But if you allow the puppet master to influence your behavior, that shadowy presence, you know, Sometimes we were conducting the deliverance on someone and you just saw this serpent spirit come out of this person and this lady was contorting like a snake. And that was the spirit that was in her. Not because she wanted to do that, but there was a spirit that made her to do what she didn't want to do. And so we hear voices sometimes Someone said, oh, he, he, he stabbed the man in the train because he heard voices telling him to do what? Stab the person. And so they are doing something they don't want to do because there's something else that's controlling their behavior. It's a worst nightmare. But I can tell you, if you allow the Spirit of God to be in full control, then you will be God's child directed by him. And so Satan, as I said before, is that chief puppet master. Again, the flesh, like Paul was saying, my flesh is controlling me. You know, this toxic attitude, unforgiveness is part of it. Controlling behavior, hatred. You know, someone doesn't do what we want and we hate them. No, people have freedom and liberty to do what they want. Let's let them to be. Because whoever the Lord has set free is free indeed. This Jezebel spirit is a spirit of intimidation. If anyone is intimidating you in your heart, just say, I rebuke you, the Jezebel spirit. I tell you, it works. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. Okay? Idolatry, lust, manipulation. It can even happen in church. So we need to be careful to allow the Spirit of God to be in control of our lives. Give yourself, not to the spirit of fear, as we see in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, God has not given you what? The spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. If you see any kind of intimidation or seductive spirit, just know that it's not from God. 
And I heard someone say, God, you know, the Holy Spirit is the puppet master. And I said, no, it couldn't be. Because the Spirit of God is different. Okay? No, it isn't. Even though it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. But God doesn't take a will away from us. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit comes to teach us the right ways of God. To guide us. Not to take away our will from us. Any preacher, any pastor, any teacher who tells you what is unscriptural, know that they are not speaking the mind of God to you. Anyone who tells you, you know, forget about your mind, even faith, you believe with your heart. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord your heart, God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, everything in you. So when God saves us, he doesn't zap our minds. Your mind should still be active to think the thoughts of God. And so we need to always be alert to know. And so the Spirit of God comes to bring comfort. It brings real comfort to us. If you see any vision, you think of Jesus, and you're thinking of you're so fearful, then it's not Jesus you saw. Because when he comes, he brings peace. He fills your heart with his presence. He empowers you. So he couldn't be a puppet master making you do the wrong things. Because actually empowering you to live the life. That's why one of the fruits of the Spirit, you know we're going through the study of the fruit of the Spirit. If you have not been to any of the house groups, this week is another house group week. Please do join the house groups because we are studying the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so when God's Spirit is in you, He gives you what? Self-control. So that if you're feeling like attacking someone, the self-control will say, come on, hold it, hold it, hold it. You want to see yourself say the wrong thing. You say, hold it, hold it. Take a breath. Relax. And that's what self-control does as a Christian. So that you are not in control of those externalities that want you to do what they want you to do. And so, it's not God who is pulling your string if we are deceiving ourselves, if we're in control or being controlled by others, when we are manipulated by seducing spirit, it's not God. If we are confused by worldly standards, it's not God. If we succumb to external ungodly pressures, it's not God. So the question is, who is pulling your strings? Who makes you do? Someone said, when someone was talking to them about um, giving their life to Christ, he said, no, let me, I know what I'm doing. He said, well, you know what you're doing, but you don't know what is doing you. <laughs> so we could know what we're doing, but what is doing us? So as we come to the end of this message, I want you to ponder over that question. Who is pulling the string in my life? in your life, 
in our life? Is it God who is in control? Or are we allowing things? You know, you can come out from church being blessed this morning. As you step out there, someone says something that makes you say, I will never go back to that church anymore. That's not the spirit of God. Because why? You are reacting in the flesh. You've just been blessed. And then you're allowing something to take away your joy. Just like that. So we need to be careful day by day. When the devil wants you to go to a corner to sulk, he said, no, I'm not going to sit there. I will go out and be who God has made me to be. You are special in the eyes of God. Don't let anyone take advantage of you. Sometimes, even at work, people make your work miserable. Not because the work is miserable, but people you work with might want to make your life miserable. But let me tell you, if you're going back to such a work this week, tell yourself, I'm going to be happy. Tell yourself, I will enjoy my work this week. Tell yourself, no matter what they do, I will rejoice and be glad in the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we give thanks and praise to you today, Lord. Sometimes we allow other things to pull our strings and make us to do the wrong things. But Lord, this morning we pray you will give us the boldness to stand our ground. To Lord Almighty defy the, 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 the puppet master in our lives. Whatever that is, make us, O oh God, to turn against that particular influence that will want us, Lord, to do the wrong things. Help us to be bold, to stand our ground. The Bible said, be firm, be firm. And so, Lord, we praise you this morning. As we worship you, may we worship you in spirit and in truth, whether here in the church or outside the church or in our places of work. Lord, may we allow the Spirit of God to be in control so that no one else will be able to take advantage of us. And if anyone here is feeling that they are helpless, Lord, you have come to give us help. And I pray that, Lord, you will give, give them help this morning. Lord, may they come to the point where they say, Lord, take over my life so that, Lord, you can reorder their lives. So, Lord, you can help them take charge and control of their daily living. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We pray, Lord, for all those who are mentioned in our service sheets this morning. And we pray that, Lord, you will reach out to every one of them, Lord. Father, Lord, we pray that you will reach our town and our country. We praise you, O God, because we know you are doing great things. Christ Church Swanley is a church full of the Holy Spirit. We know, Lord Almighty, there's no puppet master controlling our lives. And so, Lord Almighty, we pray that the Holy Spirit will be the only one directing and controlling what we do in this place all the days of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us today. Grant your people peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Now we're going to give our offering for the work of the Lord.
And for those who want to know how else to give, apart from bringing your offering on a Sunday morning, there are those who give by direct debit. You can meet Graham sitting right in front here. So he can give you uh, the direct debit form. So you can give to the Lord for the work of God in this place. And so it is for you to know. And if you came out this morning without an offering, please feel free. There's no compulsion to give. We give because we love God and we want to serve him with all he has given us. Okay. God of creation, you have surrounded us with your blessing. Day after day, we see your glory fill our lives. You feed us, you provide for us. Lord, majority of us here come from very warm homes. And yet we know there are people who don't have even the little we do. And so Lord, we thank you for providing for us. And this offering, as we raise it before you, we pray that you bless it. Put what we present here and all that, Lord, your people have given through the week. People have given through their direct debits and banks. Lord, bless all this offering. That your work will be done and fulfilled here in this church, in Swanley, and wherever you call us to go. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take our closing song.
Amen. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm certainly hoping. It's, I really felt, as George was speaking, that God was saying to me that he's actually speaking to someone through the weather today. Because they were sitting there and they were hearing George, and I was saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing everything you're saying, George, but you don't know what it's like for me at work. Those people are there, and they're so real, and I can see them, and they can interact with them, they can touch them. And it's like, and it's all very well, God, but I can't actually see you. And God was saying, well, you can't see the wind, but you can certainly feel it. Thank you very much. And his wind is blowing across. His wind is blowing into your life. You know what happens when the wind of the Lord blows into your life? It will blow away the things that shouldn't be. Things that should be withstand firm. And so today, this word, I believe, is actually for every one of us. Don't allow yourself to become slave to anyone.
Zaman 